What's going on, family? It's your boy A Double, host of the radio show Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Have you guys been wanting more of Do Rags and Boat Shoes? I know an episode a week really isn't enough, and you guys like it when I double up. But I just started uh, recording mini podcast on the app called Bumpers. So make sure you download Bumpers. That's B U M P E R S. So you're getting a bump of that work. It's over a five, over five minutes and under a dime. So I'm gonna give you over five minutes of that work, but I'm gonna keep it under ten minutes. You know, it's just mini episodes to kind of get you through to the next episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. So make sure you follow me on Bumpers at D and B, or just search Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And if you guys want to get your podcast game up and you ain't got the money for the equipment download the app for free bumpers and start creating mini episodes on your i device or on your android device again download bumpers and follow your boy a double holla mic check mic check where the f- is my check you're now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes Go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you now tuned into episode, I believe, 86 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Might be 86 or 87. Uh, much love and respect to everybody out there who uh, listened to episode uh, 80, 85, all, all the episodes. If you listen to one and you listen to it and you appreciated it, uh, thank you and uh, much love to you. Um, I couldn't record last night, Tuesday, which was July 4th. Uh, because my neighbors, these little neighborhood kids was going crazy, blowing everything up. And the room that I have in the basement, it's not, it's not soundproof yet. So I got to get up a glass window and I got to soundproof the room and things like that. So I can give y'all this, uh, point of view from a black man from Omaha, Nebraska. So, you know, it would have sound like, you know, me recording live from, you know, Beirut or some shit like that, or, uh, you know, recording in, you know, bum fuck Alabama or something with a bunch of rednecks, you know, chasing me, shooting shotguns in the air. It just sounded crazy. I was trying to record and all I heard was, you know, explosion after explosion, firecrackers and whistling uh, bottle rockets and shit like that. And I couldn't hate on the kids because that was me uh, back in the day. So, you know, they had a great time. I ain't heard shit going on right now while I'm recording. I ain't heard nothing blow up or anything like that. So uh, shout out to my neighbors and the little ones out there who had a great time, you know, just blowing shit up. So much love to them. So let's go ahead and get started on that good old Summer Jam screen. I guess the first thing that we will put up on that Summer Jam screen. And you know how I love seeing Trump regrets and things of that sort. I just love it. But the L.A. Times ran a story back in the end of June about an Oceanside minister that supported Trump. And now he's uh, getting deported. So Jorge Ramirez, uh, he basically uh, was a hardcore Republican and he believed in the American dream and making America great again. Uh, This motherfucker is at the uh, Ote Mesa uh, Detention Center. 
and uh, he is being held because he is here illegally. And he was under the assumption, and this is a quote from him, Trump said, let's keep all the good people here and all the bad people out. So Ramirez, uh, Pastor Ramirez thought he was going to sit his uh, brown ass up in here, sit his white Latino ass up here and, uh, you know, have his try to have his daughter because uh, he, he couldn't vote. So he's trying to get his daughter to vote Republican and do all this work for uh, some right wingers and all this other shit locally. And, uh, you know, he thought that Trump was going to get all the bad Mexicans out, you know, not him. And uh, he got his wake up call and he was uh, under the uh, the uh, the assumption that since he supported Trump and he was going to be a collaborator with this uh, regime, they weren't going to throw his ass in there, too. But, you know, in all forms of war, like all major wars, they they kill the collaborators last or they in, enslave them or throw them in the dungeon or something like that. You know, you can even look back at, uh, you know, during the uh, the whole chattel slavery thing when you had, uh, you know, those these Africans, you know, uh, selling out other Africans. And then them, uh, them white folks was like, OK, now you get your black ass on the boat, too. You know, and the pistol was the great equalizer. So it's like you either going to die here or you're going to die over in the uh, Americas, you know, picking cotton and farming land and shit like that. And then you had the same thing happen to uh, uh, Nazi collaborators with the Jews. You know, they would uh, snitch on people. They would uh, snitch on other Jews, seeing where they were hitting at and things like that. And then after they would clear out a small town, that person who snitched, they threw their ass in the gas chamber, too. So this Mexican, he ain't, you know, he's no different, you know. So I just don't know when y'all going to learn, but I love it. It uh, makes me feel warm inside when I see these stories happen all the fucking time because you thought you was going to, even though you're a white Latino or a white Hispanic or white Mexican, whatever, Anglo Mexican, whatever you want to call it, you thought that you had the complexion for the protection, but you're a little too brown and you ain't got your papers. And now you're sitting up in a detention center talking about why me? I thought it was going to be every other Mexican except for me. No, you look just like the rest of them. You ain't got no papers. Get your ass on up in there. You know, I don't feel any remorse for these people. Like when I see the stories about, you know, these people coming out talking about how uh, uh, Trump is going to get rid of Obamacare, but keep the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, which is Obamacare. I just lo I love it. Makes me warm inside. You know, I love seeing President Trump out here, um, you know, tweeting gifs or gifs of uh, him taking down CNN because he's so fucking goofy and so idiotic because it lets me know that the people who voted for him, you know, didn't vote in their own interest. They voted in terms of uh, protecting whiteness and they think that they're protecting whiteness. But with this repeal and replace i don't even think they're going to replace aca um with some kind of trump care or whatever because trump said if they can't find a replacement then they'll just you know get rid of the aca now and then replace it later they'll work out the details later on how to replace it and you know what that means it's like fuck that once i get impeached it's you know you guys deal with that shit and so these people think they're protecting whiteness and then they're just suffering themselves. They're just shooting themselves in the foot. And I love it. I really do. And it shows me how ugly this country is. Like 
you know, we had eight years of uh, President Obama, great president to all of America. You know, I felt like black folks, we really didn't demand too much for him. Just for him sitting up in the White House was good enough for us. We didn't come to him with demands, even though we showed up in record numbers both times uh, for his uh, for his candidacy. You know, for, to get him elected, we showed out in record showed up and showed out in record numbers. But um, you know, it was just you know we started a lot of us, a lot of famous folks. And a lot of uh, influencers and a lot of just everyday black folks started to believe that racism was gone. It was still there. It was just very covert. It was just very hidden. You know, it was very, it was that liberal racism, you know, it was that type of shit. You know, you seen people coming out talking about their, their patriots and their tea partiers and shit like that. And the dog whistles were heavy, very heavy. And uh, I remember when, uh, was it 08, early 08, when it was down to him and Hillary, you know, the Democratic race. And she was, uh, she did an interview on the phone with uh, some radio station and she was talking about that Barack Obama couldn't get the working white people's vote or something like that. And she was so confident in whiteness, but she didn't know that black folks was going to show up and show out to get him into the White House, you know, and take him actually up over the top. As we always do in these Democratic you know elections and things like that black folks just so loyal to this fucking two-party system we're so loyal and it's so disgusting to me because the only time that you see democrats is when you know when they they start key he he in and tee he he in and coming around i got hot sauce in my bag you know around election time you know you, you don't see him anytime after that i don't even think i've seen hillary speak about any black issues uh, you know, uh, since she's been gone and since she came back from her hiatus, you know, hiking through the woods. But, you know, she might have said something, but it didn't make news. And I haven't really seen much from her. But that's just how, you know, Democrats are and Republicans. You know, they'll wheel out their to their token Negroes, you know, to come out here and wag their finger at black folks, you know, and try to prove that the party isn't built on race, you know, racism and protecting whiteness like what the fuck ever but anyways like i said i just love seeing tweets from donald trump i follow him i just love it because i'm like this is the president of the united states of america and i fucking love it the world is seeing how fucking ugly it can be here and and how these white folks showed up in droves it's like larry wilmore said white folks showed up showed up to vote for Trump like they were voting for the first white president and they did and I and I love seeing people you know uh I love seeing those Trump regrets you know people are voting like MAGA 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 and then they see what he's doing they're like this isn't cool this isn't cool Donald I voted for you to shake things up but I didn't know you was gonna make the American people suffer what the fuck did you think what did you think what did you think exactly and that's why i love it i love it like i said i'm a radical um you know i love seeing uh just shit like this just watching this shit just burn and just watching these these folks panic and like oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do you know and they trying to you know a lot of these folks on the low out here trying to rally and start a resistance movement and all this other shit when they low-key voted for him and it's like mm, you're looking funny in the light like nah i'm not gonna join this fight you know so 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, please email me stories about this if I missed something because I was sad that I missed this because I would have talked about this earlier. But it was on the 30th. So, you know, I would have did a bumpers about it or something like that. And uh, speaking of bumpers, make sure you uh, subscribe to bumpers. Uh, just check out D&B or just search do rags and boat shoes or bump of do rags and bump, bump, boat shoes. But 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 that's all, folks. I'm sorry for stuttering. But uh, yeah, make sure you download that app. And like I said, if you guys are trying to start your own podcast, start there. You know, make you a little 10, 12 minute podcast and, you know, get your weight up, you know. But speaking of politics and things like that, we are going to talk about uh, Baltimore real quick. So there's a coalition. They formed a super PAC to oppose Marilyn Mosby. And you know what a super PAC is. It's basically just a group that registers. Uh, you have to register and they raise money to uh, have campaign ads to persuade voters and things like that. You can't donate this money that you raise as a super PAC, which is a group of people, a group of influencers to try to run smear campaigns against the. Uh, different uh against opposing candidates and things of that sorts and so there's a super pack against the uh the uh excuse me uh against uh marilyn mosby the state's attorney the baltimore state's attorney and uh the and it's just wild they ran a, a little ad and it shows marilyn mosby uh speaking about crime and then it shows the statistics of crime happening in her area under in in baltimore under her watch and a lot of these uh, people in this super PAC are uh, police officers. So she really rubbed people, a lot of people the wrong way, the way that she tried this Freddie Gray case. And, you know, she really wanted to be someone who, who stood for truth and justice. And uh, people in Baltimore are not having it. These folks created a damn super PAC just to run smearing ads against her. So you can't uh, in a super PAC, you cannot donate money directly to a candidate. Only thing you can do is just really run ads and just try to persuade people and things of that sort. So the Baltimore Sun ran this uh, article actually in the beginning of June. And uh, the group is actually the group is called, um, let's see, Be More Safe Now PAC. And PAC just stands for Political Action Committee. And uh, they registered with the uh, State Board of Elections and uh, they about to, you know, get in Marilyn Mosby's ass. And they're talking about it's really going to be a tough fight because she does have the support of a lot of people in Baltimore. So we will see what happens. But you see how people just kind of double down, you know, to support killer cops. And again, you know, they will come together in droves if it's against a black person in a, in a so-called position of power. So it's kind of fucked up, and uh, but I'll be keeping my eye uh, close, keeping my eye on there closely of what's going on with Marilyn Mosby and in this uh, whole uh, election thing that's going on because her and her husband they were actually like this powerful couple in Baltimore, and uh, they said the way that she tried this case really kind of fucked up her husband's political aspirations, but. You know, you have to do what's right. And I know uh, God put that on her heart to do the right thing and to uh, try this case and speak out against injustice. So uh, fuck a political career. But anyways, uh, so now we got the feds uh, moving into Chicago, which sucks. Um, it just it just sucks. It really does. Um, you know, I hate to see, you know, these young men and women and uh, boys and girls in Chicago to suffer under the fucking uh the fucking feds coming in and uh it just it disgusts me like remember when uh trump was sitting up there with them uh with amarosa and uh 
what is it, them fake ass pastors and that uh that bum ass pastor with that oh man, just he was talking about uh yeah, I spoke with all the top gang thugs in Chicago about uh getting that body count down. And he was just lying his ass off and they called him out on it. And then he was talking about he was tired. And uh so now Trump is sitting in the feds in there and uh I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's a lot of fishy shit happens in Chicago. And I say that to say this. There was an off there was an article that came out about an off duty uh, police officer who uh, killed himself and a woman. He ran a red light and um, he was getting off work. So he was leaving work and he was actually running from police like he was like it was a high speed chase from police and he ran a red light so this man is a cop running from cops and he slammed into a car killing himself and killing a young lady and this is what's odd this is what's very fishy so the chief of police is saying that the cops were chasing the off-duty cop because his car fit the description of a carjacking so if that's the case, why didn't this cop just pull over instead of running from his fellow co-workers? You know, why was he running? It seems like he had a rational fear of being killed by his own co-workers. That is the oddest shit. So the family of the young lady who got killed, I forgot her name, I'm sorry. Um, she, her family is suing the uh, Chicago PD. And I think the family of the off-duty officer, they're uh, trying to launch their own internal investigation, independent internal investigation to see why he was running from his co-workers. It is, I, and I don't think it's a situation where it was like joyriding and trying to, you know, escape his friends. I think there was a rational fear. Something happened. Maybe he was about to blow the whistle on some shit. And they were like, nah, you about to get got. That's what I think. That's what I honestly think. Maybe I watch too many cop movies. Maybe I know that cops, a lot of cops are dirty as fuck. Um, just from personal experiences. But it just looks so fucking funny in the light. Looks odd. Uh, if y'all get a chance, just read about it. Because um, it just makes no sense. That this man is getting off work. Then all of a sudden, he's in a high-speed chase with his co-workers. What is he running from? Why are they chasing him? And that young lady lost her life and she didn't do deserve to lose her life like that. It's fucked up. Very fucked up. But a lot of things to think about. Alright? So um I guess we're just gonna leave it to Hove and we're gonna talk about Hove in a little bit. Hove, what you got? Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that uh, great, wonderful intro. So uh, I am going to play a clip that's been circulating around the web of Dana Loesch. Uh This is uh, a woman who's a NRA uh, radio host or something of that extent. She just she released a video that is speaking in dog whistle words, and I want y'all to see if y'all can pick out the dog whistle words. I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's they. All right, hold on just a second. Let me go ahead and get this uh, downloaded so y'all can hear it. Give me just a moment. They use their media to assassinate real news. 
They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance, all to make them march, make them protest, make them scream racism and sexism and xenophobia and homophobia, to smash windows, burn cars, shut down interstates and airports, bully and terrorize the law-abiding, until the only option left is for the police to do their jobs and stop the madness. And when that happens, they'll use it as an excuse for their outrage. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies with the clenched fist of truth. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. All right. So that was Dana Loesch, uh, NRA radio host, with her uh, spin on what should happen to they let's break down they so they refers to maybe liberal americans and you know the dog whistle word for liberal is a nigger lover <clears throat> a race trader or any kind of a white person that isn't uh white first you know who isn't uh have a, has an interest of whiteness first and uh wants to <clears throat> participate and this uh, white supremacy, the system of racism, white supremacy. Okay, they could also be black folks. Did you guys catch when she said uh, they use their ex-president, like President Barack Obama, wasn't her president either? Hey, help me out, help me out. So then she started talking about uh, xenophobia, homophobia, racism, and all this other shit. And so this is basically an advertisement for the NRA saying that it's a paramilitary organization. That's what it seems like to me. That's what it sounds like to me. And it sounds like they're trying to circle their wagons, gather some troops and start shooting people of color and liberal whites. That's what it sounds like to me. And, you know, the dog whistle words all she just kept saying was they 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 because you know if you say anything specific it could get taken off the air but we know the dog whistle words now we've been known them you know we've known them for a while so you know the nra is just looking very funny in the light right selling hope like dope and that's why i say that because there's so many people who say that the nra is all about the second amendment gun rights and all this other shit uh, but you know from that advertisement and if you watch the video you know when she's saying specific uh giving instances of uh how to you know they revolting and things like that they show like a black dude yelling at a cop and then the next frame they'll show a trump's a guy with a trump uh shirt on with his head bloody and shit like that so this is very odd because uh, I feel like if a black person did this on reverse and used the words they and all this other shit, or even a brown person, let's say a, 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 a Muslim from the Middle East, you know, did something like this, you know, talk, talking that shit. Now, could you see that still being up to view? I, I don't see it at all. I don't see it at all, especially if there was a brother doing that, too. I just I don't see it 
any any kind of person with some color in their skin i do not see this happening but this is it this is just an advertisement you know for like i said before a paramilitary group so folks are really just going to have to start watching their backs because there is some guy sitting in his grandparents basement eating nothing but doritos drinking mountain dew and bud lights jacking off to this video and got a couple of 38s and a couple of hunting rifles and he's gassed up he's gassed up and he's ready to go and act a plum fucking fool and there's quite a few of them probably out there like that right now sitting there beating off with doritos dust on their hands and balls you know trying to muster up the courage watching this video five six times in a row before they go out and face the world trying to be gassed up and trying to be you know hillbilly superman or billy badass or timmy too tough or some shit like that so my, my black folks y'all really got to be safe out there uh liberal white folks y'all better be safe too and uh there was a story ran back in what 2013 2014 by nbc msnbc that told this talked about how the white christian man is the uh, the biggest domestic terrorist threat to the united states since 9 11 since the terror attacks of 9 11 but we all knew that we all knew that so you know it's selling hope like dope and uh so many people were talking about how the nra never said anything about uh you know philando castile and you know uh which McCullough was looking funny in the light uh, for a long time anyway, the NRA. I remember watching Bowling for Columbine and, uh, and uh, uh, well, I forgot the little chubby dude's name. But uh, the filmmaker who he talked to Charlton uh, Heston about it and he was trying to blame it on people of color and people coming in here illegally for the rise in arms of white folks being so armed and all this other shit and if you watch the katie Couric documentary about guns in america you will see how low and dirtball crazy the nra is they would do anything to you know get those membership ups and uh basically to keep getting their agenda pushed so this is just another way to manipulate the uh poor uneducated hillbilly this is another way to manipulate them and for them uh to manipulate that group and keep keep people bickering and fighting so they'll keep collecting that check you keep confusing the poor and you can you know dip right in their back pockets you know and uh get that money up out of them you know that little membership money but you have so many members hey and then you getting all this this kickback from these gun manufacturers too because they cashing out too by teaming up with the nra for them to push these uh this agenda so this uh so-called uh civil war race war whatever the fuck you want to call it but it's always been a race war going on in america but it's just been a war on the minds you know it has been a war of the minds miseducating you and things of that sort and using uh you know things legally to keep people of color specifically black folks broke and disenfranchised but now it's getting to the point where you're just seeing racialized killings left and right and legal lynchings and people are catching them on camera and things of that sort it's been going on but i feel like you know everybody has a phone now so you're seeing it and everybody's connecting on social media so they're letting people know what's going on in their city so black folks we really got to wake up uh you know like i said watch your back white liberals y'all really gotta watch y'all back too because uh you know i, I think what a, a damn redneck hates more than a black person is a is a race traitor so y'all gotta be safe out there too 
but what I wanted to talk about was how no how they were saying that nobody from the NRA really spoke about Philando Castile and there's this brother uh, named Coleon Noir so this man does all these videos on YouTube about different guns and shit like that and he's a big second amendment guy and I think he has a show on uh on uh, the NRA YouTube channel or some shit like that, but he's ca- he, he was catching some hell because he did an open letter of why Philando Castile should still be alive. So it got he had about two thousand comments, and I think about probably about seventeen hundred of them are uh, people disagreeing with him and talking about they're done watching his show. So I'm gonna read this open letter that he wrote about Philando Castile. So starts off with a quote of him reminiscing. So it says. Uh, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? We were four black teens in a shitty station wagon looking for a place to play basketball until we realized we were lost. All, all I can hear is my best friend in the back seat yelling over and over again, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? And the cop outside of the station wagon with his gun pointed directly at me yelling, don't fucking move, roll the window down, don't fucking move. We pulled up next to a parked cop car to ask him for directions. When we realized there was no one in the car, we reversed to leave, but before my friend could put the vehicle in drive, a cop jumps out of a van next to the police car with his gun pointed right at me. To this day, I still feel a little guilty about the relief I felt when the cop made his way from my side to the driver's side of the car and pointed the gun inches away from my friend's head instead of mine. My friend's eyes were closed and his hands were straight up. I could see the gun inches from his temple. My friend rambled, we're lost, we're lost. Directions, directions, we just wanted directions. My friend in the back seat was still yelling. I just stared at the gun, waiting for my life to change forever. Eventually, everything was sorted out, but the whole ordeal messed me up. We were good kids who never got in any trouble. All we wanted to do was ask for directions. I couldn't understand why the cop felt so threatened by us. Well, first of all, you're black. I remember asking myself, if we were four white teens, would he have acted the same way? I don't know, but the fact that I have to ask that question at such an age should tell you something. So this, okay, okay. I despise race baiting, so first, he, you know, he was keeping it 100. Then he had to throw in this for his uh, white audience. I despise race baiting. Race baiting cheapens and undermines every legitimate cry of racial injustice and breeds a sense of apathy in people who would otherwise be sympathetic to such cries but feel the discussion of race is a zero-sum game they can never win. However, there is also a problem with some people in this country dismissing racism wholesale when it isn't overt racial slurs or crosses burning on front lawns. Covert racism is a real thing and is very dangerous. I talked about that earlier under President Obama. Uh, Covert racism works the same way anti-gunners use coded language to push gun control. They say common sense gun measures, but we know what they really mean. Uh, We gun advocates spend our time trying to prove to the people that they don't just want background checks, they want to ban our guns. The problem is, they don't care, Uh, they don't come right out and say, uh, give me all your guns so no one believes us, but we know the effects are incredibly real. That's what covert racism is and does. Let's see here. In the case of Officer Geronimo Yanez, that's the cop that killed uh, Philando Castile. I don't feel he woke up that day wanting to shoot a black person. However, I keep asking myself, would he have done the same thing if Philando were white? As I put on my Monday morning quarterback jersey, it is my opinion that Philando Castile should be alive today. 
I believe there was a better way to handle the initial stop. If he suspected Philando was a suspect in a robbery, there were ways to conduct that stop in a way that would have completely avoided the shooting altogether, but Yanez neglected to do so. Beyond that point, things get a little fuzzy for me. Other than Yanez's testimony, there is nothing I read about the trial or any newly revealed facts to suggest that Philando was going for his gun. However, I don't know what Yanez saw that made him think Philando was going for the gun. I wasn't there and I only have his words to go by. Sadly, Philando isn't here to tell us other than his last dying statement of I wasn't reaching for it. Personally, I feel because Yanez pulled uh, Philando over under the suspicion that he was a robbery suspect coupled with the presence of a gun, it put Yanez in a heightened state. I feel he lost control of his wits and overreacted. This now brings me to the question of race. Do I think Yanez felt threatened by the fact that Philando was black? It's very possible Yanez was indifferent about Philando's race. However, because of the negative stereotypes uh, reinforced in the media about black men and guns, it wouldn't completely surprise me if Yanez felt more threatened by Philando because he was black. This is the same negative stereotype that I've been trying to combat for years now. Legally, I'm left asking myself, was Yanez failing to conduct a proper felony stop reckless or negligent enough to warrant a second degree manslaughter conviction? As a lawyer, I'm hard pressed to think so. But the young black male in me says, hell yes. Admittedly, I don't have all the facts the jury had. I didn't hear the testimony the jury heard. Maybe after hearing his testimony, they believe Yanez honestly felt his life was in danger and justifiably so. However, I have to be honest and say he shouldn't be able to just walk away freely without legal consequence. I, sh I just don't know what the consequence should be. I so badly wanted to keep race out of this. Oh, God. There are so many uh, professional race baiters who thrive on and become rich from increasing the racial divide in this country. Because of this racial opportunism, it makes it hard to call out the more insidious elements of racism in this country versus the isolated incidences where race doesn't play a factor. Well, actually, race in this system of racism, white supremacy, uh, race plays a factor in every single thing that we do. Um, then again, considering other examples where race was legitimately a, a factor in previous shootings, I think it would be irresponsible not to consider race as a possible motive in this shooting. All that being said, Philando should be alive today. In my eyes, Yanez screwed up big time. I don't feel he was out to take a black life that day, but it doesn't matter because his actions cost Philando his life. My legal mind can say, can see why they couldn't get to manslaughter in the second degree based solely on the facts at hand, but Yanez walking away from this case, a free and clear man is just wrong. So that's what this brother wrote on his, uh, on his uh, Facebook page. And uh, I just uh, I'm just I'm shocked that he would, you know, he kind of tiptoed the line a little bit, but he could see through the bullshit that this Yanez officer should not be free. We know that. And uh, but a lot of people, a lot of these white folks, they're butt hurt that their token NRA Negro has a mind of his own. Uh, this guy says on here, uh, this is some CNN level bullshit, man. I really don't care what your opinion on a court decision is, and by you making it a race issue, you are no better than the race baiters that you bash. Until now, I never looked at you like a black man. I only viewed you as a fellow gun owner, American patriot. I am disappointed that you had to go change that for me. So this guy who said that, he's probably just calling uh, Coley on the war all kind of NRA niggers, you know. 
And uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah. That there's there's bunch of there's a bunch of uh if you guys look at his page there's a like there's over two thousand comments I ain't about to read all of them, but I was surprised that this guy who's usually you know uh, always trying to go in on uh, people bringing up race and things like that to actually kind of speak about it and show that he does have a mind of his own, but I'm going to be surprised if uh, with the next. Uh, legal lynching if he doesn't double down on the Kunin to uh, protect his uh, reputation with the NRA so I'll be surprised to see you know if he does not double down you know but I believe he will double down on the Kunin uh, get that first class ticket on that Kun train but it is what it is that's all we got for selling hope like dope um, you know like I said black folks be vigilant you know with your eyes your ears keep them open uh, the same with y'all white folks you know, a lot uh, with y'all liberal whites, you know, you progressive thinking white folks, because with propaganda out there like that is just going to make it dangerous for a lot of, you know, people of color and non-racist white folks is going to make it very dangerous because this is the type of shit that just gets fed to them daily. And these people listen to Fox News and all these right wing uh you know uh news outlets and things of that sort so but that's selling hope like dope be safe this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l Alright, no surprise this week, holding this L has to be Rob Kardashian, if you've been sleep up under a rock, or you on Facebook, I don't think it hits Facebook yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, Facebook be so late, so <laughs> this Rob Kardashian shit, I know. I know it's gonna hit. It's gonna hit Facebook this week weekend. It's only Wednesday, but it might hit Saturday or Sunday morning. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, Rob was on uh, Instagram going going ham, being a fuck nigga. He he, he was on there <laughs> talking about. <laughs> How he gave Black China a hundred racks to get her body back. <laughs> and it was only forty five hundred for the for the fat sucking surgery or whatever it was, and she and she deposited the other ninety five racks in her bank. <laughs> and she sent that nigga <laughs> she sent them a video. <laughs> of, of, of her with another dude in the bed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just this is so fucking funny. It's just it's like what did you expect, my G? You up here, you 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 wiped you tried to wipe up a, a hustling ass stripper, and you up here boohooing and crying. And Ti was uh, on the one of the Instagram posts. And he told him that he needed to chill, you know, just take that L and all this other stuff instead of putting out his dirty laundry. And so Rob screen capped that and, and put T.I. on blast and said that uh, uh, T.I. and uh, Tiny ran a train on China. <laughs> but everybody like kind of shocked by it. But y'all go listen to that song Freak Though off of uh, un uh, Urban Legend or Urban. Yeah, ur the Urban Legend album or whatever. 
and uh, he, he, the whole song is about Tiny, uh, but she's a freak though, and it ain't no secret. People in, in down there in Georgia been known that Ti and Tiny been uh, inviting women in the bedroom left and right, so it wasn't no blowing up no spot. But you know, this is man, this this whole situation funny as fuck. I'm sorry for laughing so much. I was laughing about Facebook and Rob just being old fuck nigga. You know, Rob's too old to be doing this kind of shit. He got enough bread that he can bounce back. But, you know, you go through this shit early in the game. Um, I, You know, I dealt with a hoe myself. And I ain't going to put her on blast or nothing like that. But uh, I was dealing with this, this young lady when I was, man, what was I, 20? Before I could even get in the clubs and shit like that. And I didn't know the signs. I didn't. I didn't listen to the OGs, you know, with the game they was giving me back on the back on the block and things like that. I wasn't listening. You know, I was just a sucker for love. And man, this girl, she didn't she did everything under the sun, right under my nose. You know what I'm saying? But you you learn from that and you just kind of learn the signs. And one of the main signs that you dealing with, you know, a hoe or a hustling asshole is um you know they they all they never have girlfriends that's one of the that's the main giveaway if a chick tells you that she ain't got no girlfriends and she only got guy friends you just gotta you gotta go you gotta you gotta step away from that situation because she a hoe she's scandalous other women can't trust her around their boyfriends or their husbands yeah she's scandalous and she trifling and she'll be out here you know juggling dicks and having them them dicks that she was juggling running up in your house with a ski mask on you know and a couple of pistols so you really i mean this situation rob you just have to learn from it you, I, and i mean your your your, uh, your sisters they hustling the game crazy and i don't understand how if they didn't put him up well they tried to put him up on game about she was opportunist but he was just she put that she put that black mojo on him and just you know went in them wallets you know put that thing on him left him with some empty balls and you know left him crazy in the head you know and she went up in that wallet and he got got but uh you really gotta be smarter um you know you gotta you gotta bounce back from getting burned by a hoe like that you know what i'm saying and you know she hustled the game and hopefully you know this uh wakes kanye west up hopefully this wakes him up get him up out the sunken place and we can get some damn good music from him too so you know rob you just really gotta hold this l and fellas don't don't be like rob and air out your dirty laundry on social media because it just makes you look like a little punk bitch and uh you know protect your masculinity protect it at all costs don't be out here being all super emotional you go talk to a therapist about that shit or go talk to an og back on the block you know get give him a couple beers and you know just soak up game from him about how to bounce back from dealing with hoes because that's what i did all right but rob for the meantime you know just hold this l it ain't worth 100k um but it's worth uh a lot more in in the heart and the mind all right you win perfect People were being invited to professors' homes. I didn't know that. I thought I was showing up in class, doing my work, you know, turning things in on time, raising my hands, and like that. There's a whole other social world that was going on, where those professors were picking students and developing them to become Supreme Court clerks. And I was just some little black kid from a public school. I didn't even know that that was possible. So, you know, those kinds of things 
are big disadvantages for you early on. Just the quiet way that racism works. It's just, it's not what they do to you, it's just what they don't even tell you about. We, uh, we tend to, as black people, because we never had anything, which is understandable, we get to a place and we just think we separate ourselves from the culture. You know, like where OJ get to a space where he's like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. You know, like Tiger Woods would get to a space and thinks, think I'm above the culture. You know, and that same person when he's playing golf and playing great, they, you, you're protected. But when you're not, they're gonna put pictures of you drunk driving and, and like embarrass you. That world will eat you up and spit you out. There's some shit that's not going to happen in my lifetime. There's going to be racism till the day I die. It makes me think, the whole thing is just honest, but it makes me just really think like, we've come so far, but we're still here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That song in particular for me, where I'm at my life right now, but it made me feel like we've come so far, but it doesn't matter because there's always that moment, no matter how far you think you've come, and it's like, nope. Mm. You're still right back there. Light nigga, dog nigga, faux nigga, real nigga. Rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, feel nigga. Still nigga. What people don't understand is about things like slavery is, yeah, it was 150 years ago, but those people raised children that were slaves. They raised children. And then those free children raised children <laughs> the way they were raised. And those people that that owned slaves, owned, uh, you know, the, the people that owned slaves had children and raised children and they brought it up. So a lot of these, a lot of these teachings are still there that were from 150 years ago. I knew someone right when I seen a man get killed in front of our apartment building, a black man. Police come up, my mom comes out the house and the disrespect and the manner that uh, this officer, he was a bad officer, I would say that for sure, um, that he approached my mother with was completely out of line. I was five. Yeah, this is my first experience to the point where I wasn't thinking about what just happened. I'm just looking at it. Why is he talking to her like that? She's just trying to see what's going on. My mother in South Carolina, not too long ago, my mother, not my great-grandmother, they, you couldn't, they wouldn't let black people go to the dentist. So she had to, all the black people in town got their teeth taken out by the vet. Said to go to the vet, okay? And not only did they have to go to the vet to get their teeth removed, they had to go to the back door because God forbid the white people found out that they were using the same utensils or whatever the hell, the same equipment on niggas that were going on their dogs, okay? That's my mother. It's not like some old, this is not like George Washington Carver or some shit. This is my mother. Okay, so like I'm gonna be pissed off because somebody said nigger. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna let somebody break my heart, please. 
All right, so that was a small clip from the footnotes of the story of OJ. And the story of OJ is a song on Hove's latest album titled 444, which is a title exclusive. And I peeped it, listened to it front, back, side to side, up and down, inside and out. So I will give you my feelings about it. I love it. <laughs> that's really all i have to say about this album uh you know no id produced the whole album and it's just nothing but soul samples great drums and uh introspective uh lyrics retrospective lyrics from hove and him giving us his life and my thing is what i have a problem with with my little homie uh brandon has a problem with is people act like we haven't seen this hove before like on you must love me song cry you know things of that sorts but hey welcome to the party uh welcome to uh the whole party and we will greet you with open arms okay so the the album starts off with kill jay-z and uh he's basically saying that you know he's pretty much done you know being jay-z the rapper as far as you know living this hustling lifestyle and uh just you know it's just time to just kill that you know he's a grown man it's kind of funny it took him 47 years well i don't say all of 47 years but would it take him 21 years because he came out when he was 26 with his first album so 21 years to get to this point a couple decades you know to grow into the man that he needs to be and uh be there for his kids but yeah having kids will change you being married will change you and uh you know being at this point in your life you know being a billionaire with your wife you and your wife together you know worth almost two billion dollars which is wild just off music alone and being smart but you know the title track is kill jay-z and you know he has some choice words for yay you know um he was just he basically started started out by saying that you know uh to all the youth that fell in love with jay-z you got people you love you sold drugs to you got high on the life that shit drugged you you walking around like you invincible you dropped out of school you lost your principles i know people backstab you i felt bad too but this fuck everybody attitude ain't natural but you ain't a saint this ain't kumbaya but you got hurt because you did cool by yay you gave him 20 million without blinking he gave you 20 minutes on stage fuck was he thinking fuck wrong with everybody is what you saying but if everybody's crazy you're the one that's insane so he's basically throwing some shots at his little buddy uh kanye i always felt like their relationship was more business than friends um just from uh you know just how they really didn't they i don't think they went to a yay's wedding him and b because they didn't fuck with kim because you know she's like the the um well how do i say this she's an attention whore you know they turn everything into a dollar the momager will turn and you know if hove and b showed up to that wedding the cameras would be smack dab all in their face and they ain't trying to have nobody get paid off of them. but anyway he's basically referencing the um the rant that kanye went on on stage and really tried to blow up jay's spot by saying i know you got killers man don't send them after me just real crazy shit you know then that's when he was hospitalized for uh quote unquote exhaustion and you know sleep deprivation but i think he was just wilding off that nose candy and um you know he speaks on solange uh he talks about he almost went eric benet 
and uh, you know how Eric Benet lost um, lost Halle Berry. You know, and uh, B, uh, Jay is keep comparing bait B to Halle Berry, and you know one of the killers lines in this in this song is uh, in the future other niggas playing football with your son, and this is talking about future and Sierra and Russell Wilson. You know, Russell Wilson just treats low future baby future like he's his own and it's a beautiful thing to see so uh future didn't take too kindly to that he didn't he didn't really like that too much um there was a situation because when i talk about the story of oj so we'll just move on to that and talk about um (laughs) future but the story of oj is basically breaking down uh how you know a lot of black folks get disconnected uh, referencing oj and then jay gives you some game on what you really need to do to build try to build generational wealth use your drug money and flip it buy back the block and um you know him having regrets about buying a lot of cars he and him buying a he should have bought a spot in dumbo you know he could have bought you know a spot in dumbo in an area out east that was worth two million and now it's worth 25 million now he could have sold it for 25 m's so you know this is jay trying to give you some game and then at the end you know he says uh y'all on the gram holding money to your ear there's a disconnect we don't call that money over here and uh so he's basically making fun of rappers who you know put money to the air like it's a phone or some shit like that and uh you know he's just basically telling you the difference between him and them and future went on instagram and uh had a little sassy uh not instagram but uh he went on uh snapchat and posted some racks to his ear and said you ain't got the juice like that mood and uh, Lil Boosie was on Instagram live talking greasy, talking about uh, Jay can't do that down in Louisiana. They don't follow him like that. And uh, you know, this is this is Hove just trying to give you some game. And the whole the whole album is him, you know, being personable and giving you game. And I feel like these rappers are taking it like it's a slap in the face. But what Jay is essentially saying is, you could be where I'm at at a younger age if you just soak in this game that i'm trying to give you hove is 47 and essentially he is saying by the time you 37 following in the steps that i took and owning your masters and not taking advances and doing shit your own way you know at 37 you could be where i'm at worth over 700 million dollars that's what's happening but these niggas is so damn dumb they feel like the big homie is just stunting on them that's what they feeling like and then uh, we have the the song uh, Smile. Uh, you know, this is, has a Stevie Wonder sample. The story of OJ has a great Nina Simone sample. Um, the uh, Smile has a Stevie Wonder sample. Um, and this is him just basically, you know, talking that talk about his life. You know, about um, he actually opens up about his mama being a lesbian and how she's telling her truth. And, uh, you know, the line that kind of gets to me is that cry tears of joy when you fell in love. Don't matter to me if it's a him or her. I just want to see you smile through the through all the hate. Marie Antoinette, baby, let him eat cake. And, uh, you know, he just want to see, you know, just he want to see his mama smile. That's all. That's all he want to do. See his mama smile and be happy. 
and uh you know and then uh let's see here this uh the last verse ho just kind of spazzes out just to show that he still got it you know still just kind of uh stun on folks and you know he said shout out to hafa back home here in the church when i when i heard you got booked that shit hurt and he's talking about biggs and you know biggs got knocked back in uh 2010 on conspiracy to distribute marijuana and then he was sentenced to five years in prison so he got arrested in october he wasn't sentenced until 2012 that's fucked up you know and uh you know and so when he got out he knew that the he knew what was going on with the marijuana laws and he was just trying to make connects you know to set up his own dispensary but the people he was uh you know dealing with you know became involved with the fbi you know so and he got caught up in some some uh, operation from the fbi so but it's it's kind of fucked up how Biggs got knocked. You know, he was just trying to be ahead of the curve and things like that. And speaking about uh, Biggs, you know, trying to be ahead of the curve, there's some, uh, man, what is it? There's a, in California, I forgot which part, but what they're doing is they're sitting aside licenses, business licenses for uh, black folks and other people of color. Uh, sitting aside a specific number of uh, licenses for people to open dispensaries and then there's other states and i forgot which ones i'm sorry I didn't, I didn't, this just hit me when i'm talking about this but there's other states that are going to sit aside business licenses for people who come home from jail from for selling marijuana non-violent offenders for selling mar- marijuana and things like that they're going to sit those business licenses aside if they choose to get back in the game legally so that's a leg up for them and that's that's a blessing to hear that i don't know if any of them passed but i know quite a few states because i've been watching this closely because i'm trying to see what's going to happen here in nebraska here in omaha specifically because omaha is very progressive it's a very progressive city and lincoln is too and uh, see if they trying to legalize it here because i will tell you even though i just bought a house i will take the rest of my savings and i will get me a little shop set up and i will be out here giving y'all that work and it won't be the reggie miller i'm gonna tell you that right now but anyways um so like i said it's just you know that's kind of dope to hear that legislation is actually being introduced in these different states where weed is legal to help people who uh the the people who's been disenfranchised and affected the most by these uh you know these laws that the clintons introduced and that was initiated by the reagan foundation the reagan administration and the nixon administration and george bush senior and um you know that they're going to help these people out um help uh black folks people of color uh but it says minorities and i just pray i pray that black folks jump to the head of a line and try to get on i gotta make a note of that to give y'all the states that's actually introducing these uh trying to introduce these laws um because we all know when stuff gets introduced for minorities uh white women jump to the front of the line um when uh, affirmative action happened white women are the is the group and uh the the department of labor will tell you this this is the group that benefited the most from affirmative action they got the most piece of the pie and i still can't figure out how a white woman is a minority because they are majority majority they are part of the majority here in america of white folks and they are a part of the majority across the globe because there are more women on the planet than men but i don't know how that hustle happened but that is a whole nother story 
So let's move on. I'm ranting and raving, and I ain't even talking about Smile. So Smile is a dope song. Uh, Caught in their eyes. Uh, that's with Frank Ocean. He's on there um, collaborating. Pretty dope song. Um, you know, it's just whole Frank Ocean doing what they do best. You know, and uh, he breaks down how he, uh, you know, talk about sitting down with Prince eye to eye. You know, told me his wishes before he died, and. Um, he, you know, he was talking about how uh, the greedy, you know, the people was greedy in his camp, you know, who um, so, tried to get get his masters back to the masters. So he says a line, you think he wanted the masters with his masters, you greedy bastards, sold tickets to walk through his house. I'm surprised you didn't auction off the casket. So that's crazy. And um, yeah, it's a good, it's it's, it's a good little, uh, good little song. I don't fuck with "Caught in Their Eyes." And then you got 444. I don't fuck with "Caught in Their Eyes" too heavy. But 444, this is a open love letter, maybe to his wife, you know. And uh, he starts it off. Look, I apologize. Often womanized, took for my child to be born to see through a woman's eyes, and. Uh, you know, he just, the first verse is just, you know, apologizing to his wife, you know, about how, you know, he was just such a dog and uh, just how he needed to step up. So it's a beautiful song. Uh, he said that's why the album is called 444. Um, he wrote it at 444 in the morning. Uh, I believe that was the time. And he said he woke up at that time and the song just kind of hit him. Then you have Family Feud. Uh, Family Feud is a dope song. Um, it actually has Beyonce on there. And, uh, you know, he's talking about, uh, you know, just, you know, OGs in the game. So nobody wins when the Family Feud. So, it's talk so he starts talking about his family. And then he starts talking about the hip-hop family. And then he uh, has a great line. He said, old niggas. Uh, y'all stop acting brand new like Tupac ain't have a nose ring too and that's that's dope that's dope you know it's just basically saying the old should embrace the new cats and I feel like it's vice versa you know the these new cats need to embrace the OGs and learn some game too nobody's trying to you know throw a wrench in the game or hate on you or nothing like that and I feel like a lot of these young cats feel like that but like I said this whole whole album is him you know trying to give you the game how you can be in his steps sooner you know, so you ain't damn near 50 and you just now touching a lot of paper and owning your masters and shit like that. Then he talks about his uh, his family, you know, and um, yeah, it's a dope little song, too. And he uh, starts the third verse. You know, people love this one. You know, yeah, I'll fuck up a good thing if you let me let me alone, Becky. You know, so that's just something dope right there. Um, let's see what else you got. Bam. Bam is a dope song. It's just. Um, it's Jay talking that shit, just talking slick, and you know it has a Rastafarian, uh, uh, Jamaican vibe on the hook, and it's not Drake on the hook acting like he's Jamaican or acting like he's a rude boy. He actually got Damian Marley on it. You know, Jay Z's not acting with an accent and shit like that. So, uh, Hove just talking, talking greasy. You know, fuck all this pretty Sean Carter shit, nigga. It's Hove. You know, he's just talking that shit, just talking reckless, talking greasy, and I love it. I love Bam, Story of OJ, Smile, um, Moonlight, it's a little play on words. You know, he's talking about stuck in La La Land, even when we win, we gonna lose. 
Um, so that's just a little play on words about what happened, you know, at the Oscars and shit like that. And he, he says a killer line, though, in here is kind of funny. He said, look, I know killers. You know killers, so you're not a killer. He said, bathing eight, maybe not a gorilla, huh? Glorify seat filler, huh? Stop walking around like y'all made thriller, huh? That's, that's fucking funny. Um, you know, folks just, you know, acting. He, he had to humble a couple cats with that line right there. So that, that was a dope little line right there. Marcy Me is an ode to Marcy Projects where he grew up at. And, um, you know, just talking that talk, talking that talk, just bigging up to where he grew up at. And, uh, you know, this is a real dope track, too. And you have Legacy, which, uh, you know, his daughter, Blue Ivy, asked, you know, Daddy, what's a wheel? And so he starts breaking down the game and talking about how, you know, he's going to pass down his wealth to his kids. So it, it's, a, it's a dope album. It's great to hear. You know, I know the B-Mats, I know they panties got wet when they heard him uh, speaking on uh, stepping out on Beyonce so they can continue their rhetoric that black men are trash and that men are trash. So I know they got so wet listening to this album and there were so many, you know, think pieces on Twitter being typed out and shit like that. I, I get kind of tired of seeing all these damn think pieces like people will literally get on Twitter and they will start a thread. So a thread is when you reply to yourself. So if you click on the very first tweet, then everything just comes after it. And, um, and some of these be like damn near like 30 tweets deep. And you're like, nigga, you could have just wrote on Medium or some shit like that or put up a blog spot post or some shit like that. Ain't nobody trying to read all this shit, you know. But, um, you know, people are, you know, spinning it, trying to do what they want to do. But, you know, I believe this album is genius. And I'll tell you why. Because of Lemonade. That's why this album is genius. Um, you know, it's 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 not him responding to it. But it's him just kind of giving you a little little jab here, a little, little taste here, a little taste there, a little bump of that work. And, uh, you know, what's funny is No ID produced the album, but every single track him and Jay did, they went over it with Beyonce and she gave little notes and things like that. So essentially, she it's like she executive produced this. And these people, both of these people are geniuses, you know, just with the marketing and how to hook people in. So who knows if something actually, if he really stepped out on her or if this is all just a grand scheme ploy to sell albums and, you know, just to keep their names relevant into the media. Because I wouldn't put it past them. They're, they're geniuses at marketing. But make sure y'all peep out the album um if you're a sprint customer you got six months of title free so um not all heroes wear capes shout out to my man hove all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you can't enjoy your wealth and this quote comes from joe vitale it says your wealth is hiding under the very thing you are afraid to do it's time to face your fears and take action expect miracles all right. So it's either going to be a lesson or a blessing. Uh, so get out there, face your fears head on. Um, be aware of your surroundings, but uh, dive head first into your dreams, your goals, ambition. Always, always follow your dreams and uh, keep fighting a good fight. Um, don't let anybody, you know, try to steer you in the wrong direction or uh, take something that's out of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Just because a bunch of clowns are out here agreeing with another clown you know whatever's put on your heart god put that on your heart you know and you keep following that 
you know that road to where uh the most high is going to lead you some of y'all don't believe in god so whatever the universe energy whatever you want to call it him her uh, it uh there you can't deny that there's something in you that's always steering you in the right direction a lot of times we be kind of scared to go that direction but you need to go that direction face your fears and uh reach heaven on earth you know uh quit living for other folks or love who you want to love and live how the fuck you want to live that's that's what it boils down to you know and always do right by people but don't let people do you wrong you know by putting bullshit on you to steer you in a direction to get you off course you know and uh some folks you might have to love from a distance but always stay on your path and face them damn fears do what you need to do take that take that one tiny step towards your goal then the next day take two steps towards it the three the next thing you know you already accomplished that goal and you like damn what else i'm, I'm at the pinnacle right now but you just getting started because you a gold digger not a gold digger gold digger g-o-a-l-d-i-double-g-e-r and as always i love y'all i have so much respect for y'all and i appreciate y'all listening and stay tuned to bumpers and i'll uh speak on the whole dr umar backlash that he's receiving and things of that sorts and uh you'll get the feedback from me you know about his views on interracial relationships so make sure you download bumpers and i will see y'all later on this week on bumpers so much love and respect to y'all one